Welcome to Lainey Loves to Talk, where I chat about the shit that goes on in my journey as a digital entrepreneur. Welcome back to Lainey Loves to Talk. My name is Lainey Love, and this week we're going to be talking about networking. Networking, what that looks like in your business. Just, we're going to have a little chat. So, get ready. <laughs> All right, this week I have been reading like a mo. I read everything under the sun. And there were some really stellar books this week, kind of heavy in topics. That was something I was a bit surprised by because the titles were somewhat misleading, but nonetheless, excellent reads. The first book I got into was The Sum of Us by Heather McGee. And the second book was one called Our Kind of People by Lawrence Otis Graham, who actually happened to pass away at the beginning of 2021. But the two books are the catalyst for this uh, podcast today. So I want to start with The Sum of Us. The Sum of Us is an analytical take on economic policies and decisions that are made in the U.S. that initially are supposed to hinder people of color and their progress, but actually end up backfiring and also affect people of non-color. It's a book about how a lot of policies are developed, sort of cut their noses off in spite of their face and it uses the example of how during certain eras where there were community initiatives that were working, but once they had to sort of become integrated, then policy started to change because people were like, no, we don't want to share our community pools with people of color. So they literally drained the pool so nobody could have the pool. And it was completely rooted in like racist motivations, but it made the white community suffer as well. So just reading that book and it really goes through not just chronological, but really specific areas of where policies that have been miscommunicated or misrepresented in the media, when you actually look at these policies, you see who they affect versus who people think they affect. It just was a really eye-opening book to sort of understand things like generational wealth and progress within certain communities versus other communities. And the author, Heather McGee, she was like the head of this nonprofit organization for years. And their focus was on developing policies that would improve community life for everyone of all colors, of all backgrounds. And she talks about the resistance that she experienced with working with certain organizations. And oh, it's, it's, a, it's an excellent read because it really addresses how certain policies that were rooted in ignorance really affected so many other communities, but with the focus or the intention to just affect one community. Great book, great read. The other one was Our Kind of People, which it's kind of like the early 90s version of Gossip Girl, but like focusing on the black community and talking about like the black elite, how there have been communities with generational wealth within the states and analyzing their structure, how they came about. And it focuses on places like Martha's Vineyard and Sag Harbor and Memphis Pennsylvania, like some cities in Pennsylvania, I can't remember the one specifically, but how Atlanta came to be, how New York's wealthy communities came to be, how specifically Southern California. 
and um, other communities like in the Chicago area and Ohio as well. Just really interesting because it's from the standpoint of somebody who's been part of these communities for generations and like you learn about their hierarchical system that they put in place and there's so much colorism family ties and even if they know that the outside world is really crap and super racist and has been racist towards them they've adapted so many things to suit their needs like they have developed things like the colorism the scale the open blatant like oh that person is too dark to do business with or blah 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 it's just like nonsense like that but what was really interesting was the networking side of things and how They've sort of done it like other communities where they have clubs like the Jack and Jill Club, the Jack and Jill organization. So they send all their kids to the Jack and Jill organization and they send their kids to certain private schools that are just completely like all black, old money. And they send their kids to these camps, summer camps. This might sound familiar for you if you're from another community because this is just something that other communities do. But it's almost like a blatant defiance, especially when it's a community of color, like specifically black community, because they were not allowed to congregate in groups of larger than like three or four. So creating these very, very guarded, very, very, very closed communities, even they were closed to other black people, especially if they didn't meet certain criteria of being the right shade or being from the right family and how they could ruin each other if they weren't from the right family. There's so many layers to it, but the familiarity that other communities were allowed to form like clubs and have these spaces that were safe spaces for their children and for development and mentorship like that is what this book really focused on and aside from a lot of the classist and ignorant stuff that was in the book what I really found interesting was taking away the networking side of things and how within this they, they use the term black elite and I don't like the term I'm not really comfortable with that term of elite but they let's change it to black privilege so people that are part of the black privilege community They've started from the bottom, when I say the bottom, meaning like they have communities for their children so that their children can come together and be mentored by professionals within the community that will help them get a leg up with their education. They have high schools, private schools, other sort of private establishments that are directly linked to the professional community. And they focused in the book a lot on like the medical community and lawyers and legal communities and things like that, where you really have like these kids being able to access a top-notch Wall Street financier or a top-notch New York lawyer who's like partner in a big firm and they're getting direct information from those people in order to make the right steps in their academic careers to get to where they want to be. I love that. I love that concept because that's in every other kind of community, that sort of strong mentorship, building up the young people and protecting them and covering them and helping them filter. Once these kids are graduated from high school and elementary school and whatnot, because they were mentored by people who went to really great universities, historically black colleges, HBCUs, that led them directly to the pipeline of Morehouse, uh, Howard, Spelman, Fisk, 
when these kids became part of Jack and Jill, they had almost like a direct route with references and links to professors and everything at these Ivy League schools within the black community. So what is interesting to find out in the book as well is like how many of the prominent black figures that we know on TV or in media have gone through this pipeline. So you've got like Bryant Gumbel. There's so many other people working at CNN and owning other like the Washington Post and working at places like that that came through this specific pipeline of like Jack and Jill camps, Morehouse Spelman or Howard University. And then from there, post-grad, all those things, they're connected to like they talked about the sororities and connected to other groups like the Lynx, which is a super important organization, very exclusive, lots of chapters, but like they make it really hard to be part of the Lynx and they have cotillion that rock, 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 just goes on and on. And for the men, there was like the boules. And so like even as a starting point for conversation for most of these black privileged folks was which Jack and Jill chapter did you go to? Which Lynx chapter are you part of? Which Boulet group? Which eating club did you go to when you went to Princeton? Blah, blah, blah. Like, it's so layered. And that is their way to kind of be like, oh, will you fall on this part of the hierarchy or this part of the scale versus here? In the book, there was it was expressing like the importance of family and how they don't just judge your community by you and your actions, but like, what kind of family do you come from? Now, for some of us who have really messed up family situations or backgrounds, we would struggle if we tried to be part of the black privileged community. So that's why there's this new like guard of black privilege and black wealth that's coming up that's sort of sidestepping this very closed privileged community. Because I think for them, the networking that is set up and established in this older wealthier communities is just too complicated and rooted in a lot of like outdated internalized racism systems and I found this book fascinating this was like a took me forever to read this book but I really really like set aside some time to sort of understand like what was the what's the point and I understood initially to create these safe spaces was about building wealth and providing a safe haven for their people because they were getting it from all sides. They were having to deal with really ignorant policies. They were, a lot of them were being like the first one. This is like in 1800s and in 1900s, early 1900s, where you had a lot of people being like the first doctors, first lawyers or architects who were trying to make way in their businesses. But they were there were policies like doctors couldn't practice medicine or even practice surgery because they weren't like their licenses were limited. So they created these really incredible medical schools where a lot of really innovative stuff happened. And it was strictly for like black people because other institutions wouldn't allow them to practice on site. So it's the book is really kind of long-winded with certain things of like detailing family names. So it's almost like a record of exact families that he was referring to the author is referring to but i loved that idea of the networking side of things of strengthening your network in order to build your business that's something a lot of us really forget when we decide to become freelancers independents or when we decide to sort of step away from maybe the corporate world that we were part of a lot of us make that mistake of trying to set things up without having 
established a strong network to maintain and improve and thrive in our business. So those books really were really heavy. And what one thing I did notice is that, especially for the community of color, specifically when I say community of color this session, I'm talking about the black community. For the black community, there were so many instances where they had to start again from scratch, which was total The Great Migration really only worked for people who were impoverished in the black community. Because with these opening up an integration of uh, what would be predominantly white spaces where they were now integrating with the black community, what happened was where predominantly black areas were, where they had black businesses, black owned, black everything. The community set up a structure that completely worked. It was self-sustainable, self-contained those places became like ghost towns. So all the wealth drained from these wealthy pockets or or at least stronger pockets of black community because of these great migrations. Now, what I thought was super interesting, I mean, I don't want to get too too deep into uh, systemic racism and ignorance in the States. But after reading the book, I kind of did a bit of research as to additional reasons other than just racism as to why the great migration happened. And I What I kind of deciphered was that for the black community, because there were so many hierarchies and a lot of it was based on how dark your skin was, how coarse your hair was, how black your features or non-Eurocentric your features were, that for a lot of the black community that fell on the lower end of that sort of scale of blackness, They were sort of like, you know what, if I'm going to have to deal with racism, I'm not going to deal with it from the black community. I'm getting it from the white community, and I'm also getting it from this black privileged community who's looking down on me because I'm poor and black. You know what? Screw this. We're all going, and we're going to just migrate. So their migration kind of depleted the strengths of the black privileged community. And a lot of the black privileged community, they might have uh, homes and lands and maybe some of the businesses still exist, but most of the businesses basically died off with a lot of the migration that occurred. What happened for those people who migrated, they struggled with setting up that same sort of infrastructure of having their businesses and their community needs met. And that set black people back like years. Initially, there was a a big gaping hole that was left by this great migration. And yes, the structure of the system was really based on the backs of exploitative labor of black folks. So when they were like, no, we don't want to be exploited anymore, then that really caused a shift because some people, they gain their freedom, they gain their independence, but they also lost community and lost their network and were left at the mercy of people who didn't want to see good things happen for them. So... Yeah, this book just kind of, these two books just kind of really, really made me appreciate that I'm living in the 21st century, that we have all of these platforms to step out of whatever kind of classist nonsense system we're in, the fact that it is the world wide web. And I can make contact with people who are living in Bora Bora via TikTok or 
making contact with people who are living in Southeast Asia. And we are not even in the same time zones, but we are speaking the same language because we can code together in an open source forum. The importance of networking and now the fact that the digital world has allowed that to become a global thing is wonderful and also terrible at the same time because it's really hard to decipher which platform is best for your business and best for you to thrive with. I decided that I'm going to challenge myself, especially in the next coming weeks, to really amp up the networking side of my business. Some cities are better for like in-person IRL type of networking opportunities and others are not. I live in Toronto. Toronto is really not a great city for networking. They might have meetups, they might have Tuesday tech nights and all those type of things. And I was somebody who was very actively involved in those type of events and the majority of times they were very fruitless because you had a lot of people who didn't have anything to bring to the table. They weren't coming with opportunities or they were just, everybody was just looking for opportunities but nobody was bringing opportunities. So it's a it's an issue that takes place in this city. So a lot of people, especially, especially in Toronto, go online and got a lot of people who are doing well on social media platforms like TikTok and YouTube who are Canadian. And they are, their worlds are opening up for them, but they really struggle with partnering and finding their network here in Canada. Their network is really coming externally. So I've decided to sort of challenge myself and my business to like expand it and to find a platform and see how I can make it work for my business. I'm going to change it up and I will keep you posted because I think you got to try new things. We talked about that in the last podcast of like trying new things and learning new things in order to expand what you do and expand your mind and to build confidence. My expectations are pretty low. I know that things like Fiverr are super saturated with users, but I have a bit of a niche service that I provide that is what also has been my bread and butter for a few years, especially pre-Philharmonic, whatever we're calling it now. And so we'll see. We'll see how that works out. But I really think the importance of networking and building your community, this is something that is going to be my journey for the next few months. It's going to be my focus for the next few months. So I'm going to share that journey and seeing where the networking side takes me and to see if are these platforms places that just are providing portals for your business or do they also provide support and a community as well if you can take anything away from (laughs) from this podcast it's just read read more books read books think about the books that you've read read also nonfiction books those are a nice time capsule of information to also see how far we've progressed or not and to kind of understand deeper social issues sociological things just read just read more books reading has catapulted me to think and talk and try to change how i do things because it's not that i want to be part of like the black privilege that was not my focus of reading these two books but it was just sort of how do i make my experience as a woman of color in the digital business feel more not just inclusive but just more fruitful uh i think that's a good term to describe it just to be more fruitful to feel more fulfilling because sometimes it feels like i'm sitting on the outside looking in 
and seeing a bunch of people make really great progress and I'm just like damn how what am I doing wrong I need to learn how I can improve the networking side of things am I being a problem am I being difficult okay I've got to be more open-minded and more flexible but that only works if other people are being open-minded, flexible, and who are also curious and interested as well. So I just will keep it moving. Okay, that's it for me. I'm going to end it here. Thank you for listening. It's this, this has been Lainey Loves to Talk. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I would love to see you back. you like what you've heard today on Laney Loves to Talk, check out lovelanylove.com for more content.